This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Ngunnawal people. We would like to pay our respects to elders past and present. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Our sovereignty has never been ceded. Welcome to Reconciliation Roadmap, the podcast where we navigate the path to building better businesses through reconciliation. I'm your host, Holly Furling. And I'm Dixie Crawford, a proud Barkindji woman living on Ngunnawal country. I am your guide to developing and implementing reconciliation action plans. With years of experience as a RAP consultant, I'll bring you the insights and perspectives that really do matter. Think of us as your go-to RAP resource in your pocket, tackling all the questions that you've had. This isn't just a conversation. It's an actionable roadmap for your business towards positive change. Okay, I feel like we got the basics of a wrap down pat and we know the opportunities that exist for organizations. So it really seems like a no-brainer. But Dixie, I've heard you say throughout this whole podcast about how a lot of businesses fall short and that wraps end up failing. So can you tell us what some of the most common mistakes are for organizations in the development of their wrap? Yeah, it's a great place to start, actually. And I guess this is one of the, I guess throughout the discussions that we're having, Holly, we are rehashing the same kind of content and same messages because it's actually really important. And I think a lot of organizations and leaders will miss the foundational pieces that are really critical to the development and implementation and essentially the impact or the success of your wrap within an organization. So some of the common mistakes that I see, regardless of whether you are a small to medium business, whether or not you are an NGO, whether or not you are a large multinational corporate, there are some common themes and mistakes that are consistently made for organizations. And so one of the first key mistakes that I think organizations have is that there is not a core group operating either individually within the organization or as a collective to introduce the concept the relevance or the potential of the reconciliation action plan. And it's really important that there is individual as well as collective leadership around this because as a group, you're not always going to be together. So it's important that you as an individual are able to influence um, your colleagues, your stakeholders, your leadership team when you don't necessarily have backup with you. And it's important that when you are operating as a collective and you are presenting together that you will all are on the same page in terms of what it is that you're doing. So that's one of the key things, right, is having a core group of leaders that will disseminate and influence more broadly across the organisation, but also you have a focus on the collective impact that you can make as a team. Another challenge is that the people that are usually responsible for development and implementation are usually not in a position of decision-making around strategic direction and resource allocation. So therefore, it's absolutely crucial that you as a person who is the RAP advisor or who is the RAP leader within the business, that you have connection to people that have the capacity to make decisions and that understand why it is that you need them to open doors for you to create change around the implementation within the organization. Another failure is that people don't understand the purpose or the vision of the RAP and it's not clearly been defined or it's not clearly been communicated to the rest of the business. The next challenge for organizations is that we are not allocating sufficient and appropriate resources that are reflective of the work that's required around implementation. So whether that be time, whether that be money, whether that be staff, all of those things actually all kind of come down to money, right? Because if someone is working on the wrap, then they're not necessarily working on 
aspects of their core business which are relevant to their position description because usually the implementation on the wrap is driven by someone's passion and their interest to do this work. The other challenge is that the organisation is failing to align with, engage and elevate or act on the voices of First Nations people. So if you don't align with with MOB and understand what our needs and aspirations are, you don't elevate our voices and you don't act on the advice that we get, then the RAP is actually not going to be impactful and it's not going to matter to us as First Nations communities, but it's definitely not going to matter to you as an organisation and the work that you want to do with us. And I imagine, I mean, you spoke about the the defined vision and things like that as a, as a failure point for RAPs. I imagine a lot can actually come down to the understanding and the interpretation of the RAP as well. What are some of the misinterpretations that you've seen across your time as a consultant and how should businesses overcome that? Yeah, interpretation is really interesting in the space of RAPs and the discussions around engagement with First Nations communities or organisations and understanding of histories in particular, because sometimes people can interpret whatever makes them feel comfortable, what makes them what they are familiar with, and also what keeps people safe, right? So there's a couple of points that I want to speak about here is that in order to ensure that um, you're not misinterpreting the intent, the purpose and the outcome of a wrap is to make sure that you're focused on not being tokenistic, but being genuine, right? So make sure you are communicating your genuine, your genuine interest and desire to make an impact in this work. So you kind of have to go back to some really clear and strong foundations around this work. So explain what the history, well, first of all, you need to understand what the history and purpose of reconciliation in Australia is, including how and why it started. You need to understand the framework and the different levels, and you need to be able to talk about how the RAP aligns to the organization's commitment around ESG, diversity and inclusion, and belonging, or whatever your core business might be. So there needs to be a relevance to of the RAP to the organization if it's to move from being tokenistic to being a genuine piece of work. And tokenism is something that we have very much seen in the last three years. I've seen a lot of organizations come out and want to develop or develop RAPs and start implementing them that didn't really understand what they were doing or why they were doing something and it's gone really bad really quickly for them. Another thing that's really important is to recognize that the one size fits all doesn't necessarily work all the time. Actually, it's very, it very rarely works. Now, even though we look at the RAP framework and we know that it's a very scalable framework because it covers a lot of industries and different organization, it is critical to remember that no organization will do reconciliation like yours. And you can't do reconciliation like another organization. So it's important that you take the lead from your core business, your leadership team, and you collaborate with your colleagues and your communities that you're connected to, to make sure that what you are doing is meaningful and it's relevant. This really is not a copy and paste situation. So don't cut corners, spend the time investing in understanding where you are as a business, understanding what the communities that you are connected to, what their needs, desires, and wants are, and how it is that you actually go about navigating and implementing a document that meets the needs of your organization and the people that you want it to serve. I know you've spoken, again, a number of times through this podcast. I mean, as you said at the start of the episode, we're rehashing a a lot of things that are coming up, but it kind of makes sense to put it all in together because there's more and more questions popping up the longer that we're we're going through this podcast. A wrap you've mentioned is a very long term commitment and it's something it's not four months, it it's years and, and it's a and it is that, it's a commitment. I guess what are some ways that you can 
maintain momentum because we know that across time as well in a business, things start to change and you need to find a way to keep this commitment and keep rolling through it. Keep it going. And this is really reflective in time, you know, in the last three three or four years, you know, there were a lot of people that went out and got reconciliation action plans in 2020 on the back of Black Lives Matter. There are a lot of organizations that are, that are currently out now getting wraps because of the, you know, potentially because of the outcome of the referendum. Every three years for me, there seems to be a critical event that occurs that motivates organizations to get skin in the game around this. And so, there's the event that happens, but then all of a sudden things go really quiet for people. And that's understandable because the social and political landscape of the world changes, but also the needs of the business change. We go through restructures, all of these different type of things occur, right? So I get that. I'm not completely immune to that, but also we really do need to determine whether or not this wrap is relevant to our business and we are committed to it. If we're not, once again, have that honest and, and transparent and robust discussion and say, are we ready for this? If we're not, all good, right? Totally fine. Just don't commit to something that you can't deliver on. Okay. So a couple of points there. In terms of uh, maintaining momentum, make sure you develop and maintain effective, efficient, and relevant monitoring and evaluation performance frameworks within your business. If these processes are not relevant to the landscape and the operations of your day-to-day business, implementation is not going to be sustainable. So you need to ensure your governance processes for engagement and communication with senior executive and leadership teams are consistent, it's engaging, and it's topical. For example, if you have a particular quarter where you are delivering cultural awareness training to the business, look for opportunities to promote, discuss, and respond to what your organization's workforce needs are, right? So look at what is it that you need, how you need to deliver the information, and if the information that you are delivering is relevant to your staff, right? So are they able to receive the information, retain it, and repeat it back to you. This is really, really important in terms of building the capability and the capacity of your organization, one, to be RAP ready, but also to be an effective RAP partner. I guess what's also really critical in terms of maintaining momentum is to ensure that you are focused, committed, and you are accountable to your governance structure. So focus on the one percenters, right? Focus on the habits, on the little actions that build that will build people's awareness for the RAP's purpose, the role in the organization of the RAP and how they can get involved. Because if we don't make it really clear and we don't create opportunities for people to understand and to be involved, then your staff that are currently doing the work around the RAP are going to get burnout and your progress is not going to be as effective as what it can be. I want to touch on leadership. How much of a role does your leaders within an organization play within the success or the failure of your RAP? They're so critical. So if you are listening to this as a leader, you cannot be removed from the strategic document and you cannot be removed from the people culture that needs to be created in order for this document to be impactful and to actually be meaningful and make a difference in communities. And I'm not just talking about First Nations communities. I'm talking about the community of your organisation around whether or not you deeply understand the lived experiences of, lived experiences of, of Aboriginal people or our histories or our cultures, right, there needs to be demonstrated leadership in this space. So it's crucial because if your staff see and hear strong leadership and commitment, this will demonstrate your genuine interest and focus on the work, right? So then we move from there being questions around, are we just doing this because we're virtue signaling? Are we just doing this because everybody else is doing it or because we just did the referendum? 
Or are we doing this because we are genuinely interested and committed to change in the world, right? In the communities that we're connected to. So if they don't see or hear strong leadership, people become disengaged, very uninterested and completely unaware of the RAP's existence. One of the things that I do all the time when I first starting, when I'm first starting with an organization, particularly as people are moving from innovate into stretch or stretch into elevate, we do a survey and we ask staff, do you know that the organization has a wrap? And it's really interesting to see organizations that have progressed so far down the wrap framework where sometimes, you know, 48% of their staff don't even know that the organization has a wrap, yet we're five years into the journey. It's really, really interesting, right? So remember, it, it's not what you say that demonstrates commitment, but it's what you do. So please also recognize that you as a leader, you play a significant role and you are in a position of power and influence with the, within the organization. So, so it is important that you are consciously aware of what you're doing, what you're saying and how you operate. Please remember with the wrap or with anything in leadership, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So you have to make sure you are always putting your best foot forward. So you've touched on there that I guess leaders, if they're going down that tokenistic approach, it, it is a, a signal for potentially the rap not being a, a success. How often is it that you see that organisations are focusing too much on that symbolic nature of a rap rather than what's actually required for reconciliation? And if a leader is listening to this or, or someone who's involved in their organisation's rap, is there a way that they can correct this if they're already seeing these red flags? I think one of the things that we've definitely got to have a conversation about and be consciously aware of is that organisations will always be focused on the visibility of reconciliation within the business, right? So whether or not we are doing things or we aren't doing things, regardless, people are mindful of visibility. So even when you say there's something always in the back of our mind, right, that will be how will this make how will this make us look what does it say about our business and our and our people or our culture so from my perspective this is pretty normal it's to be expected and yeah it's pretty standard practice it happens all the time but it's important that we don't get caught up in the visibility of reconciliation i'm a firm believer that organizations currently stuck on reflect or innovate who are not progressing forward with the rap framework it's because they were not rap ready they didn't understand why they were doing this or how to even go about implementation to ensure that the work that they were doing was relevant but also impactful. And I know I keep banging on about those words, but we're always going to be focused on relevance and impact, right? Relevance and impact. I'm getting sick of saying that myself, those two words. I feel like that should become my middle <laughs> name now. But it's really important that we recognize that sometimes maybe the progress at being slowed down is because we've been more focused on the external visibility versus building the capacity within the business. So this is why it is so important that you understand your why, right? So focus on the purpose. Focus on the core business and the capability of your organization to do this work. It is absolutely crucial if you want to maintain momentum, but also if you want to move past those symbolic gestures of being an ally for First Nations people in this country. Hey there, just quickly interrupting the podcast, it's Dixie here. I just wanted to let you know that on the 5th of December of 2023, I am running a Rap Leaders Masterclass. Now, the Rap Leaders Masterclass is for any leader within an organization who is responsible for the development and the implementation of the Reconciliation Action Plan. Now, as an experienced Rap Consultant, I can tell you that 
what you might be experiencing right now in terms of barriers, in terms of your mindset, in terms of the challenges that you have in immobilizing leadership within the business, you're not alone. These are things that people experience all the time in their organization. And this is why I have developed the Rap Leaders Masterclass. I want to help you define your purpose and your vision and also discuss with you how it is that you make your values visible within the business in order to have greater influence, be more effective, and to gain more engagement within your organization around the purpose, the potential, and the impact of the wrap. We're going to be looking at performance metrics. We're going to be looking at project management. We're going to be looking at effective communication, and we're going to be looking at how it is that you effectively implement the wrap with practical strategies and skills. So if you're interested in this masterclass, please let me know. It is online. There's details in the show notes, and I would love to see you there. But what I want to do is support you to be the most effective and impactful leader that you possibly can. So we're looking at leadership skills. We're looking at practical action. We're looking at building a network for you with other like-minded leaders within the RAP network. We're also looking at how it is that you create a framework for evaluating and measuring the success and the impact of your RAP implementation. So There's a lot there, but if you would like to be involved, please let me know. Information is in the show notes and I would love to see you there. Let's get back to the podcast. Okay. So how then can organizations ensure that their wraps are inclusive and respectful of, I mean, you've touched on it again previously, the diverse First Nations cultures that exist within Australia. How can, yeah, they make sure that they're inclusive of that and what actually happens when an organization misses the mark in that regard? Oh, well, that lovely old Australian say, saying, right, if you muck around, you're going to find out, right? And that's the truth. <laughs> if you do muck around and you mess something up really badly in terms of your engagement with First Nations communities, you'll find out. And you also might find out, by the way, of people no longer wanting to ever engage with your organization or have conversations with your organization despite your best intention, but also despite your the responsibility that you've taken. So it's really, really, really important that you continue to build and maintain relationships with First Nations communities, people, and organizations. And if you only have one point of reference around Aboriginal worldviews and lived experiences or connections to community, you are selling yourself short. There is so much diversity in our communities and there are so many different stories that people have and lived experiences and you've got to be able to access and understand that because there is no one way of being black in this country. There is no one way of experiencing blackness in this country. So it's important that you develop those relationships to experience and to gain insight in, and different perspectives. So seek out advice and be very clear about what it is that you are seeking out. I have to tell you there's nothing worse than getting a phone call from someone or someone turning up to have a yarn with you and you think they're just relationship building and then all of a sudden your IP turns up in a strategic document or you're being referenced in some of their work and they never sought your permission to actually do that. So don't, again, don't muck around because you might find out because I did not take too lightly to that experience and it was very problematic for that staff member and for that organization. So one of the things that I will say around advice as well is that make sure any work that you are doing with First Nations communities, you are appropriately remunerating people for their cultural and intellectual property. It's so important that we do this. There are so many organizations that tend to think, oh, this is about Aboriginal people and wanting to make things better. 
Yes, absolutely. I agree with you in that. But also you're expecting people to do work with, to do your work for you while you're getting paid for it, right? So do this work, appropriately remunerate First Nations people for their cultural and intellectual property, because what it is that we tell us matters in your business and it will achieve the outcomes that are usually linked to your core business. So also one of the things that I want to say is that you get to choose how you do this work, right? How you turn up, whether or not you're focused on the impact, whether or not you're focused on the transaction. And organizations tend to always say, oh, we're looking at the great things around um, you know, just kind of look at us and look at all the fantastic things that we do. But I will tell you that mob, we will come along and we will unpick your strategic engagement plans and your relationships like a hem on a pair of pants if you have not legitimately focused on doing this work appropriately and in a way that's reflective of our needs as as First Nations people. So Make sure that when you're building relationships with communities, and this is why it is incredibly important that you do have relationships with communities, it's because we can give you advice to make your work relevant and impactful in our communities, but also working with First Nations people, we can demonstrate that you, and if you've got ongoing relationships with First Nations people, we can demonstrate that you're a, you are a legit rap partner versus being one that says you're a rap partner. So the other final thing that I will just say to you is that we can anticipate a lot of challenges and a lot of opportunities for you as an organization. And taking our advice is really critical because we're not saying things just for the sake of saying things. We're telling you how to go about something so you don't make big mistakes and you don't damage our communities and you don't damage your organization's reputation. So make sure that you are elevating and responding to the voices of First Nations people. I just want to touch on a point there that you were making through that. Is it almost if you go about a rap in the wrong way, you're almost taking a backward step from towards reconciliation as such? Absolutely. You will undo all the all the good intention, all the hard work, everything that people have contributed to to try and champion reconciliation in the country, if you don't do this properly, you will not just stop reconciliation within your organisation, you will go backwards and we don't want that to happen. Okay, so I want to zoom out. What are some of the broader systemic challenges that organisations may face that hinder the success of their RAP? I think fundamentally there is a lack of education. There is also a lack of willingness to learn or to slow down and work in a way that is reflective of community needs but also the needs of your organisation. Don't race to the finish line. That's my advice, right? There is no Dally M Award for the best rap partner or organisational leader in the country. It doesn't exist, right, despite the fact that some of you want to pat yourselves on the back and be like, look how deadly we are. You don't get an award, right? It's not a gold star. So be mindful and be considered and aware of what's going on in your organisation and in, in community and be responsive to that. For example, right now, I'm seeing from a um, stakeholder engagement perspective with government agencies post-referendum, I'm seeing that mob don't want a bar of government, right? They don't want to engage in consultation. They don't want to engage in, in conversations. People are tired, they're fatigued, and they're really hurt, right? They're really hurt as a result of, um, you know, feeling rejected post-October 14. So just be mindful, do an assessment, read the room, 
assess, is this the right thing right now for the business? Is this the right thing right now for the organize, for community? And actually, from a hierarchy perspective, it always has to be, is this right for community? And then is it right for the organization? You cannot center your organization in the decision-making process. Even though the RAP is about your organization and you are a RAP partner, it's really important that you consistently elevate and you take the advice around what's best, what is in the best interest of communities. Well, Dixie, I think this episode has been quite useful and and helpful because I think sometimes one of the best things you can do is actually put everything on the table. Not many people do that. They'll sit in the positives and the opportunities and whatnot. But I think having an episode like this, which really shows all the bits and pieces and actually is quite real and raw, it helps businesses to be proactive and really learn from some of the insights that you've had and even some of the failures that other businesses that you've seen have had along the way. So, I I always feel like if you know the common pitfalls, you can actually set yourself up for success in a a really proactive rather than reactive manner. So, thank you so much again, Dixie. I just want to bring this home with a couple of really, really strong points because if you've listened all the way to the end of this podcast, I think it's important that you just remember these clear things, right? Make sure you know the purpose of the wrap in your organization what the purpose of the wrap within, you know, a construction business might be very different to the purpose of a wrap within a healthcare company, right? So understand your purpose. Be really clear on what your commitments are and what the responsibilities are that you are signing up to. Make sure the wrap is relevant to your business and your core business. Make sure that you appropriately resource the wrap and make sure, please, if you want to progress and you want to have an impact, you have to have really strong governance structures and processes. I just really, you can't get those things wrong. You really can't. Purpose, commitment, relevance, resources, and strong governance. There we go. The steps to success. Thank you so much again, Dixie. Thanks, Holly. Thank you for tuning in to Reconciliation Roadmap. If the insights shared today resonate with you in your business, remember, I'm here to guide you further. Connect with me on LinkedIn or feel free to reach out to my business McGunion so I can help you take your next steps towards a more inclusive and connected future. You can find me at nagunya.com.au or head to the show notes.